0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Power Spread Podcast. This road is paved in gold. It's always summer, it's never getting cold. Let's roll. Spring football. What is going on here? Summer football. The USFL goes into the summer. So I actually wanted to say a little bit about this. I actually tried to do a little XFL podcast, but I thought it was a little too convoluted with too many thoughts. So I wanted to break it into the idea of spring-summer football, the off-season football leagues. Off-season football, I guess we could call it. And uh, it starts with this year, the XFL. It actually started last year, the USFL. Now, of course, I know there was spring football a long time ago. There's been so many football leagues over the year. Just if you really want to do yourself a favor, it's kind of fun. Wikipedia, look up football leagues. Look up how many leagues are going on right now that you don't even know about. Flag football, women's football, indoor football, you know, fan-controlled football, where the fans do the play, make the plays, or whatever. I mean, all kinds of leagues are going on. And of course, semi-pro stuff. And then look up football leagues history, and you would be—it's—it's it's really a cool study. I mean, I get into it. I—I I, want to get back to it, and and maybe I'll do some podcasting on it. But it's fascinating how many leagues there were, starting in the 1920s when the pro football really got going. There was pro football before 1920, but the NFL sort of cemented itself in the 1920s but there were so many pro leagues even then the afl you think there's only one afl i used to think that there was the one afl and it and it was the best of the all the alternate leagues it was the best football and it joined the nfl eventually in what we call the super bowl and then became the afc and became integrated but uh no there were like four versions of the AFL. (laughs) afl that wasn't even the first version by the way so World Football League did pretty well. I mean, some of the best ones were the world. Well, AFL was obviously the best, right? Before the AFL was the AAFC, something. I think I'm saying that right, but that's where the Cleveland Browns came out of with Paul Brown and everybody. And then uh, and the Rams, LA Rams, I think, if I'm correct, or one of the, oh, no, that was, I'm getting all confused. There was the Cleveland Rams. I don't know. There was all this and that. But okay, this isn't a history on all this. I'm just kind of saying it quickly. Um, the World Football League was pretty cool. Um, the USFL, the first version, was pretty cool. But then they kind of tried to go up against the big guys and got knocked out. Um, the Arena Football League's done really well. And indoor, it's now Indoor Football League. That's done really well. The XFL had a splash. It never really did well. The first time it was a splash, but it was kind of almost silliness in a way entertainment, but it made a splash. And then the next version was a pretty cool experimental version of the of new types of rules and stuff like that, the rules. Uh, Vince McMahon was still in charge, and then the COVID hit in 2020. And then now uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and, and other guys took over. And uh, it's, it's, it's a third version of this now, and it's pretty cool. So that's why I want to bring this up, because I really do think that football is here to stay in the spring-summer. The alternate football is here to stay. Now, are we going to get into women's football, flag football, and all that? No, that's just going to have a niche. I think those are going to be niches. Same with the indoor league. Uh, But I think this idea of an alternate football in the offseason for everybody— is going to actually hold this time. Will it be in the version it is right now? I don't think. I, I, I don't think you can start... The big question to me is, do we want to see February football right after the Super Bowl just ended? I don't personally, but I'm not sure. There were some crowds at the stadiums. People seem to be into it a bit. Maybe people aren't ready for the season to be over. But I've talked to other people personally, and they were like, dude, this is too much. And also, like, March Madness is coming. It's almost like after March Madness would be a good idea. April. That's what the USFL did last year. Started up in April after March Madness. So my guess right now, but let's see how it plays out in the public. It's the public's going to tell the story, you know. Um, demand. What kind of demand is there going to be? Uh, and you'll be able to tell that in the money numbers. But uh, if the public demands that this is too soon for football to start, you know, right away, and we just got done with the Super Bowl, then I think you move the XFL to April with the USFL, sort of compete, which nothing wrong with that. But, you know, right now the XFL has a contract with the NFL. Uh, not as a farm league, as a separate league, but that they will do practices together and the NFL will also like start to check in on the players there and check in on the rules, the different rules that they're using and maybe incorporate some of that themselves and, and just keep in, in, in the way they're handling players and everything. Check in on the operations and give them some ideas maybe and they can and in this way it's a friendly you know cohesion. You know, the opposite of what the first USFL did when they tried to go up against the bad boys. So, you know, a little bit more like the AFL and the AAFC before when they combined combined the efforts. Now, that agreement is open-ended, so the USFL could join that agreement later if they want. I think they should. I think they should all join and work together. And then the US—and it's sort of a farm system, but it's not. It's their own separate leagues. And then the USFL has their own league and their own way of doing things, and so does the XFL. And then I would like to see a bowl get a championship at the end of July a summer bowl or a spring bowl, whatever you want to call it. And they have to come together on the rules because they might each have a little bit different rules in their leagues. They have to come together one set of rules for that game. And that would be kind of fun. So you could kind of have a, a playoff format that each league crowns its champion. And then those two champions play each other like the old AFL and NFL did before they were merged. I think that would be great. And and uh, but, but we'll see. And, and, and the idea that I'm looking at right now, the X, what is the XFL versus the USFL? To me, the XFL is about the players right now, all about the players. And someone may, you know, coaches and fans may say to me, Drew, it's always about the players. It's not only about players. I hate to tell you guys that. I mean, you're right. If you play a pickup football game in the backyard, what are the operations? What's the strategies? What are the schemes? Who are the coaches? Someone would say, Are you nuts? When we're kids, we grab a football, we go out and we play. We run around like chickens with our heads cut off and do our thing. So it is about the players, of course. But when you get more organized, what they call organized football, <laughs> there's more to it than just players. There's a whole lot to it. And every coach understands this to a, the nth degree. So, you know, to me, the XFL is very player centric which is really cool in a way. And I think it will go over well with the fans. I think the USFL was more team-centric, organization-centric, football-centric, the overall game. And you saw that with all the different schemes that went on last year in the USFL. It was pretty interesting. You know, the guy from the Pittsburgh Maulers, uh, Kirby Wilson got really beat up for doing a run centric scheme. I mean, he was doing like a nine man line with one running back and only running the ball the first couple games. It was crazy. It looked like the night, but I loved it. I loved the experimentation. I loved whether we go, you know, the other guy in the Philadelphia stars was almost like a pure pass spread, but really just a spread. Cause he started running the read option at one point more. And everybody had different things. Todd Haley um, and uh, Mike Riley were former pro coaches, NFL guys. Well, Riley was was also a college guy, both. But he was more of a pro system, but it was a pro spread. And Todd Haley was the West Coast offense spread sort of thing. But they both were doing power spread. They both advanced their schemes last year. I loved it. I loved what Riley was doing, actually, advancing the skip. Then you had a college coach who won the whole thing at Birmingham, uh, Skip Holtz. And he was always a little bit in the power spread, PS Pro kind of stuff. So, and then you had all different stuff going on. So it was really cool. Um, it, to, and then they had microphones down in the field. You could hear. Um, the play calling, and you had commentators trying to tell you what the plays meant, the different ways they pl- call plays. That's pretty cool. That, that wasn't as player-centric to me. That was more scheme, more team, overall team-centric. And I liked it. And, and it was just football. There wasn't a lot of hubba You know, all the nonsense on the side, like you have an NFL and even college now, so much social media nonsense and player soap opera dramas and all this contract dramas and God knows what else off the field. I loved it. To me, the USFL is United States Football League. We play football, period. We don't do dramas. We're not soap operas, huge contracts, BS all over the place, Antonio Brown nonsense, whatever. We play football. If you play football and you like you, then you play. And if you don't, you leave. And if the fans want to watch football, you watch football. This is football. I love that. I think it's old school. I love it. OG. They're the OG league. The OG league, I call it. And then the XFL to me is about the players. And I think they're doing all kinds of things to help with injuries, to help get these guys. Hey, what, is, what was the name X stand for? So to me, and I heard this league in 2001, I thought it was extreme. Stood for either extreme or experimental. Well, Vince McMahon went away from the extreme idea, but I think that's what it was, extreme football league. And they did some extreme crazy things. But there was already an extreme football league. Honestly, there was a, a league called the Extreme Football League, I think. Something was out there like that. And Vince McMahon couldn't use that concept, kind of. So it'd be kind of co- So he kind of called it nothing. It means nothing. The X just is X. We X out the N. The no fun league, we X it out. And we're a fun league. We knock out the, knock out the no fun league and we're a fun league. It just means we're, you know, and they were a fun league. To me, that league was centered on the fans. That was all like World Wrestling Federation, where Vince McMahon is from, and all about like that guy, the different names. and where the guy, He Hate Me? That was his nickname. And there was all kinds of the, 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 those hot cheerleaders doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, there was all kinds of crazy stuff going on in that league. It was a little bit of flu- It was fluffy. It was kind of silly, you know, but it was kind of fun for a year. I, I can't, that wasn't going to last, but it was fun. Vince McMahon came back years later. He never gave up on it. And then 2020 did what I would call the X. So the X was in the beginning a fun league. X out the no fun league, a fun league for the fans or a fan league. How about a fan league? In 2020, it was for the experimental football league. That's the way I took it because they were experimenting with the rules, which was pretty cool. And and then maybe some ways they dealing with players. So I thought that was cool. It didn't last because of COVID, basically. And then they said they they always said they were going to come back. And Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and some other guys bought it up. And Dwayne Johnson, he was a player, The Rock. He was an NFL. I mean, not NFL college. I think in Miami, and he considers this now the crossroads, what he calls the the intersection where dreams meets opportunity. And he calls it the players with a chip on their shoulders, number 54, because there's 53 players on a roster, I guess, in the NFL. I never even knew that, whatever. And I didn't look up those little numbers, but but he, the 54th player has a chip on his shoulder. He doesn't make the team. And The Rock felt like that, I guess. And I, I, I kind of like the concept. It's a little, little, I don't want to say convoluted. It's a little in-depth for a concept, but it's cool. Extreme or experimental is easier. I still say it's an experimental league. But... I like this idea. It's moving more from the fans to just experimental into the players. Really about the players. Still about the fans. Still about experimenting. But really about, I think the X stands for all three. Fans, experimental, but really the players, the guys with the chips on their shoulders. And we're giving them another chance to turn that X into an N. I should tell The Rock that, right? Because that's a cool way to say it. We're going to turn that X into end for you guys. Not for our league. We're the XFL. But you guys get a, sh- a shot to get back in the NFL or get in the NFL. And then the coaches. You know, the coaches. There's a, a coaching video I'm going to put up uh, when I do my XFL uh, preview. And some coaches that never got to coach in the NFL or only your college coaches or never got to be a head coach as much or, you know, stuff like that. So uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, so the XFL to me is the player-oriented league. The USFL is more te- uh, football-oriented, scheme-oriented. Football doesn't make sense because it's all football-oriented, but scheme-oriented. They, By the way, the USFL took the experiments of the XFL in 2020. not Not verbatim, but they took them, and they used a lot of it. So right now, I heard on the first weekend that the XFL opened this weekend, and its third version just opened this past weekend after the Super Bowl. Uh, People said they loved the 4th and 15, that you can do that instead of an onside kick. And it worked for one team already, and they were able to make a comeback and win the game. That's great. But that was used in the USFL this past year, last year. So did anybody know that? I mean, yeah, people who watch the USFL would know that. I think the USFL has that rule in place the whole game. The XFL only uses that rule in the fourth quarter. But you can try an onside kick, or you can go for it 4th and 15. If you make it, you continue the drive. So, yeah, that was already used. So, yeah, an experimental league, a fun league for the fans, and also something cool for these players at a crossroads. That, that, you know, they're young and they're upcoming, or they're older and they want to make, like, A.J. McCarron, the older quarterback from Bama, who was on the Bengals. You know, he had a big game. You know, isn't that cool? He was crying in the interview after. That was, I mean, I love it. Something A league for the players, a league for the schemes, the coaches, the teams. You got the USFL, OG. The USFL is the OG the XFL is the experimental. The USFL used some of those experiments. I think they ought to work together, but also be competitors at the same time. They ought to put them together in April. I, I think it's a little early February. We'll see how people think on that. You have. I love to see a Super Bowl between the two. You know. And then we're ready for the NFL and college to start back up. And they're never going to have the fans of the NFL and college, but it's okay. I mean, they might one day. I doubt it. I, you know, but that's not the point. It's kind of minor leagues, but it's not minor leagues. It's its own professional leagues. And who wants to watch minor league baseball, not to be rude? And you might say, well, who'd want to watch this? I'll I'll tell you, by the end of last year, that USFL stuff was getting pretty good. The playoffs were a lot of fun. I taped all three playoff games and blasted them out to my friends, and we watched them together, and we had a blast last summer doing that. It was good football by the end, not in the beginning, but in the end it was. They they put that league together quick, and it was kind of a race to the finish line there. So it was a little sloppy in the beginning, a lot sloppy, to be honest. And the schemes, though, for me as a scheme guy, I loved all the experimentation of schemes, and that was fun. By the way, one of the schemes, the the old full house wish, um, not wishbone, because it wasn't a wish, wishbone so much, but it was the full house with three running backs in the backfield, and uh, you know, you saw Doug Peterson use that for Jacksonville this year in the playoffs. That's Birmingham used it to win their the USFL for bowl game last year, the the championship, the USFL uh, Skip Holtz. So, fun stuff. I think these leagues have validity. I think they work in, in unison as sort of a farm system, sort of a, um, a fun thing for fans who want some more football, an experimental thing, both in scheme and rules. And I think it's going to totally add and change and, and, and integrate in and incorporate and change both college and the NFL. And I think one day we 're in the ten to twenty years from now we 're going to have another league that spreads out, not even a league it 's going to be a new type of football. The first time since we had soccer, which was called the original football, um, and you had a lot of things that came off of that in the beginning, and they were doing all kinds of things that 's a whole history thing that 's so cool and then it had rugby coming off of that, and then Walter Camp and the rules to make American football. I think for the first time since all of that, indoor football league's a little bit of a different, but it's still football. I think we're going to have something different called spread or something where it's really different, and it's a lot less violent, and it's kind of fun. And I I have a weird feeling that's going to break off later in our history here. But for now, this is what we have, and I think this is the beginning of a whole new paradigm, a whole new flexibility in the the 2020s that leads to a thing that becomes a normal thing, spring-summer football. I think it's going to become normal. And I don't know if it will be these two leagues that will combine as one. or what. I think right now I'd say have these two leagues, continue to be two leagues, but play at the same time, give the fans the option. But maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong on that and maybe I'm missing something on that, but whatever. But I'd love to see them play in a bowl game. I think that's why I want that. But anyways, yeah, I think it's really cool. So I'll come back with a XFL, um, just talking a little more about the XFL details and how they're going to work this year. And then I might, even, and then I'll have some breakdowns of each of the teams. So I'll have a little pre, like little breakdowns of each team, and uh, and maybe even look at a game a week as we go in. We only have ten weeks of this, uh, and then the the last two weeks of the XFL or during the first two weeks of the USFL in April, so they kind of mesh right there at the end, and then. The, the playoffs and the championship game. So that's going to take away from the first half of the USFL season, which will be, that will be a little competition. There will be very interesting. The XFL will be competing with March Madness, which will be pretty insane to see that, how that works out. How they may have a drop off then, you know, we'll see. Then after March Madness is over, they have their playoffs and then the USFL starting up. But I would think people would be more in tune to the XFL playoffs. Then when that's done, you kind of are going to watch the USFL more. And then in the June, June's going to be a big, it should be a big month for the USFL as they head into their playoffs and end in July. We'll see how it works. Oh, and one little side note. Uh, it's interesting too, that I'm finally going to be doing all this stuff, podcasting my videos, my articles throughout the season, all, all year long instead of just at the playoff time. I'm going to do it all year long this time and into the regular season, have some fun with all this, and then sort of be really prepped and ready to go for the playoffs finally instead of having to race at the last second to figure out what's going on. Not that I don't watch football during the year. I, I, I'm always checking in on football, I mean, all year long. And if I'm not doing football today, I'm doing history. <laughs> so I'm looking at histories. I, last year, I had a big kick studying everything pre-Walter Camp. Pre-American football, it was a blast. Dartmouth stuff that they were doing at Dartmouth with fifty players on a team, <laughs> running around like crazy men, and the freshmen and sophomores having a game where they took the ball and they just ran away from each other. I forget what it was called, and and then some guys ended up a guy named Drew. But I'm not even kidding you. My my name ended up uh, from the history books, um, and this was in the what the 1850s and stuff like that or something. Uh, it, but he um he would he would actually burst the ball like put a burst it and it flattened out and stick it in his pants to hide it and they beat him up because they were really mad and that got violent school there's been so much history behind all this ball game stuff it's amazing and i used to always think football was about kicking that's why they called it football no it was about running actually running with ball kicking with ball running and then kicking ball it had to just had to do with feet The the use of feet with a ball instead of just holding a ball. I mean, It was all about taking a ball and running, kicking a ball, throwing a ball and running. But it was always with the feet. When you throw a ball even, you're running around. So it's kind of interesting. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm always doing football, but I've never put out my football stuff except for playoff time. So I'm going to be doing this all year. So it's sort of an experiment for me as I try to figure out how to use these platforms, podcasting, posting, and videos. And as I figure this all out, so I'm kind of an XFL. I'm an Xer. I'm an Xer. <laughs> um, Generation X, I guess. Xer. I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm experimental. I'm trying to figure this out this, this, this offseason. So that kind of goes right in line with uh, the coolness of these new leagues. And, um, and I'm really glad now. I didn't expect to watch the USFL last year. I just fell into it by accident. I don't know why I, I did, but I ended up glad that I did. I sort of watched it a lot early, lost a lot of it in the middle of the year. And then as we got to the playoffs, I jumped on again, and I really busted. I really broke down the playoff games and analyzed those and really had a blast doing it. I loved what Bart Andrus was doing. He has a real spread, like the pure definition of spread offense, more than anyone I've seen, which is kind of fun. It has some of the pro, even going back to Gilman stuff. Um, But it's, it's mostly pass spread, but it has a little power spread. So it's just right in that balance of what I would call spread. You know, with not much power, not, not enough power to call it power spread, which is really fun for me to see that because I don't see that anywhere, uh, and it was it's really cool. Um, and a little bit of every element has a little West Coast, a little air raid, little pro, little well, the West Coast is pro, but a little the, the 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 West Coast is more Gilman. The West Coast offense, WC, I put that more Gilman Coriel, WCO is Walsh. All of that's pro. Then there's just regular pro spread where you combine the old Newmeyer stuff. from the run and shoot into what gilman was doing that's called the pro spread so that's a whole history behind all this but when you start to do all of that in a nice balance i've never seen anyone do it quite like andrews bart andrews it's really cool i don't know if you guys would pick up on that but watch some of his schemes this year i think he's still head coaching in the usfl for the philadelphia stars check it out all right i'm out coming back with an xfl preview All right, guys, that's a wrap here from Power Spread Studios. I hope we all had a little bit of fun. I know I did. Maybe take a little something with you on the road in which you're heading. Until next time, over and out.